Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Goody Reader Radio Show, the New Year's edition. My name is Michael. And My name is Peter. Today's show, we're going to take a look back on the e-reader and e-note industry for 2022. And it all starts with the big three, at least in the U.S. We're looking at, you know, initially the Kindle, the Barnes & Noble Nook, and Kobo. Yep. They've all released new models throughout the year. But there's also some major companies that got into the digital note-taking side of things or the e-note side of things for the first time. And that's Lenovo with the yoga paper. Yep. And yep. they're going to be doing a global release called the Smart Paper. So that's, it'll probably be well known in Europe and North America if it's being, you know, Lenovo's a major company, so it'll probably be sold in the US. Whereas Huawei, they got into the eNote space with another product. They did. They had the Mate Pad Paper. And actually, before we uh, continue, I do have a list here because it was actually pretty funny when we were talking about how the landscape changed. In 2022, I'll just rattle off a little bit of specs, nothing financial or anything. There were, at least across our desk, 101 devices that came out. Not everything could make the cut. And there was a lot of garbage, as you guys know from our YouTube channel and our Facebook page and everything. We get a lot of stuff that we don't know who this is from. We have a separate show that uh, Michael, myself, and another employee of ours create called Unboxing ePaper. We have a lot of things going on. It used to be, back in the day, like Mike said, Amazon, Barnes Noble, Kobo. And then for note takers, it was Onyx, Boyu, Sony. That's it. And then maybe you can say, oh, Pocketbook and Tolino. It's like six people. And now, I'm just going to do this real quick. Currently, in 2022, Onyx, BigMe, MeBook, MobiScribe, Fujitsu, Hanvon, Hisense, PocketBook, Dasung, Padmu, iReader, HiRead, FaceNote, Xiaomi, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Tolino, KingJim, Bokeen, Lenovo, Sony, ReadMu, Remarkable, Alteric Note, Yben, Huawei, Goyu, and iFlyTech. And those are just ebook readers and e-notes. In 2022, Tencent, Kroki, Lightphone, Fossil, Garmin, Scoggin, Inkplate, Mudita, PineNote, ProgressTech, FreeWrite, Pomera, Gligo, M5 Paper, PaperRang, and LilyGo, just to name about half of what happened this year. That is insane. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of companies that are getting involved in e-readers and e-notes for the first time. Uh, some are regional players in, in China or Taiwan or Japan and things like that. Yeah. And they're not too well known outside of those markets. But, you know, because we have a global reach, you know, we get samples from all over the world so say in in yep. you know in germany you know we really we review all the tolino devices and you know all you know every year they re they refresh one or two different models and it's only really relevant in german speaking countries such as like germany belgium switzerland and you know they all have german speaking audience so that's where they pretty well market it because you look at their bookstores and everything's pretty well in in deutschland so um and it's so yep. it's not really relevant for people who speak english but a lot of companies and this is a trend that initially started in 2021 but it really coalesced in 2022 with lenovo and uh Huawei getting into e-notes for the first time is that 
Yeah, Those I mean, are the biggest but they're all ones. English. Even a lot of the Chinese-only devices that we've reviewed even in 2019, 2020, they were all in Chinese, and it's like, well, how interesting is like an iReader to review if it's only in Chinese and it's only for a Chinese audience? But now they have yeah. pretty well all their product line from 2021 and all 2022, yep. they've all just issued for more updates for it to be... Um, in English and not even that, but Hanbon, you know, they released like three or four new devices in 2022, which you didn't even mention. You know, they did like the N10. Okay. I mentioned the, the N10 mini. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they have like now the yeah. N10 Pro, and it's, you know, hitting all these different price yeah. points. But Hanbon, traditional Chinese company, but now they've embraced English for the first time. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of people have done that. It's it's very surprising. Hanvon and iReader were the biggest ones because we took a long time. You know, I don't want to toot our own horn, but in our industry, we are fairly influential. And companies call Michael and they consult with him and they're like, what should we do? This, that, and the other thing. Companies call myself at the uh, our other offices and they ask us suggestions and things like that. They send us samples for English testing, make sure everything's kind of localized and doesn't sound weird. Things like ban slide, which basically doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be disable touch, things like that, for example. We work with a lot of these companies and yeah, recently we had Hanvon and iReader both agree to send OTA over the air updates to all their devices currently and backlogged. And now in, in, in seemingly a week, iReader went from being no one knows who they are to a full line manufacturer with everything from six inches all the way up to 10.3s, e-notes, pens, styluses, glow lights, physical buttons all over the place. So it's interesting that in 2022, so many companies, even the Pamera keyboard, which we've never seen in English outside of one model, is now in English. So it's leaps and bounds. This is good strides okay. in the industry. Let's start like talking about devices that people know very well before we start talking about yeah. sort of fringe devices that we are very bullish about, but the average person probably has no idea about it. So no let's idea. talk about Amazon. You know, they're the elephant in a room. Yeah. They have the largest market share in the world. <laughs> they're, e you know, yeah. e-readers and Amazon are ubiquitous with each other. So that's right. If you think e-reader, generally you think of the Kindle. And in, yeah, in well, at least for now. We don't know we don't know what the future holds, now. but that's, you know, I did a video on that that you can check out on our YouTube channel about yeah. If Amazon will even be making the Kindle in five or ten years, but uh, suffice to say, yeah. in 2022 they released the Paperwhite 16 gig edition, the yeah. revised Kindle Basic, which is just the all new Kindle, and with a, a 300 PPI display for the first time, and all sorts of kind yep. of cool features, and the Kindle Scribe. So where do you want to start? Uh, and if you want to be technical, they did release the Kindle Kids Edition with that cool unicorn pastel cover, and they actually tacked on an extra two-year warranty. But um, you know what? Let's start with the Scribe. It's the biggest, latest hotness. That's, that's okay. the one we should talk so about. So just to sum it up, the Kindle Scribe is Amazon's attempt at a digital note-taking device or eNote. This is um, a, a stylus-driven 
display that could freehand draw, edit ebooks and PDF files, and annotate. And that's the big draw behind those. Sony initially pioneered this like in like 2015, and then everyone else started to release models. The most popular e-notes in the world are probably the Remarkable that people have heard of. Uh, lesser degree Onyx books, but yeah. you know now Kobo uh, did the Ellipsa, and now Amazon did the Scribe. So Amazon's late to the party, but since they're the most well-known vendor, everybody's reviewing it. I mean, if you just Google Kindle Scribe into Google, you're going to notice thousands of like, you know, mainstream newspapers, well-known tech blogs that are all reviewing this. And they don't really review other products from their competitors because everyone knows Amazon. So, you know, it'll drive clicks. So that's everybody's talking about the scribe. So Peter, what, you know, you, you did a number of videos on the scribe. So what are your, what were your initial yeah. impressions of it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Uh, we try to remain as impartial. Well, we are always impartial because I was going to say as possible, but, uh, yeah, we don't get paid for reviews or anything like that. We get samples from companies, of course, but there's never any strings. We, do our journalistic duty, all that stuff. It's it's good. It uses Wacom. Very thrilled about that, which basically means, everyone, you can use any pen on the market. A lot of you guys sitting here listening with it, to this with a Kobo Ellipsa, you're like, oh, I have to buy the Kobo pen. You're correct. But the Amazon, you can buy anything. Mitsubishi, Stadler, Lamy, Pilot, anything. So that was cool. It has little rubber stoppers at the back. It's very nice build quality, flat on the front, kind of curved around metal aluminum at the back. Nothing really else on it. No headphone jack, no, you know, latch on case, contact pins, anything like that. So a little devoid of accessories and peripheral support, keyboards, things like that. They really didn't push any of that. And then you get you dive in on the inside. And you're, you're faced with a note-taking experience that is the most barren wasteland of any note-taking experience I've seen. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not even – that's not even an exaggeration. I mean the Fujitsu Quaderno and Sony is infamous for being one of the most bare-bone experiences. Pen, eraser, that's it. But now the Fujitsu has you know five pens, six colors, highlighters, all that fun stuff. Amazon has nothing. Now – that can be changed with software easily. They, they Overnight, they can flip a switch and it can be the most robust experience ever. But out of the gates and the current taking it at face value, it, it can't do a lot. It has pen, eraser, that, that's it. The pen has some cool things. You can key map it to change different things. You can do sticky notes in ebooks. Although, you, funnily enough, Amazon, the largest ebook company in the world effectively, has an e-note that you can't take notes on the ebook whereas literally every other e note or even note taking e reader you can i'm t i'm talking mainstream ones onyx boyu i reader everybody you can take notes on an ebook and you can't do that on an amazon which was strange and you can take sticky notes but everyone's like can you view the sticky notes anywhere else only if you have another scribe attached to the exact same account with the exact same book you were on, yes. But your phone, no. Your tablet, no. Your PC, no. You can't actually see the sticky notes. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag. And I personally felt that only Amazon could get away with that. If any other player did as light of a job as that did, they would be absolutely called out and dragged through the internet mud. 
But Amazon being as large as they are, they can get away with just a simplistic note-taking yeah, release. Yeah, uh, for me, like, yeah, it's a weak note-taking experience in general because, for one, there's no pressure sensitivity. And, you know, we've reviewed pretty well every e-note on the market, whether it was just released in China or just released in Taiwan or just released in specific yeah. markets, but also mainstream you know more mainstream products that ship to 30 or 40 different countries like onyx remarkable um sony fujitsu you know we kind of get spoiled with those that the harder you press the thicker the lines become the lighter you press uh the more like fine that they become super note another good example of, of someone that does that but you know with amazon yeah. because we've reviewed all these there's no pressure sensitivity you can choose the thickness or thinness of the pen but it's much more intuitive that when you draw on a physical piece of paper with a pencil, the harder you press, the thicker it is. The lighter you press, the more you can shade and things like yeah. that. I mean, the Kindle doesn't even allow you to, it doesn't do tilt recognition. So you can't, you can't do shading. No, it doesn't have it, layers. It does have, a, I'll, I'll stop you real quick. It does have pressure sensitivity, but you wouldn't notice it. it no one would notice it. I'm serious. Like, uh, I actually pressed on the screen quite, quite uh, with a lot of force and it made a line. And when you press lightly, it's a ever so slightly. Yeah, they have line. literally there, like 10 degrees is, of pressure sensitivity. No, it's not worth it. You know, there you go. That's it. They're basically not taking advantage of the 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 the, the industry standard 4096 levels of pressure sensitivity. Yeah. Not at all. It's like, like Mike said, it's like nine or 10. Yeah, it's not so even close. the scribe does not make sense for creative professionals that need uh, a robust no note-taking experience. It's, There's yeah. not even shapes. I mean, the scribe, the way that it is, is a giant e-reader that has some... I've been calling it, you know, we all, a lot of people, man, have been saying like it's the successor, it's the spiritual successor to the DX in that it's a large screen, that's it, because it doesn't do note-taking. Yeah, it would make much. sense if Amazon sold the scribe just by itself with no pen and actually, like, knocked off, like, 30 or $40. And it's sort of... That's yeah, a very sort of good idea. What Remarkable does, they actually have the pens as optional purchases so you could you could use it but it yeah. doesn't make sense to use the remarkable without a stylus you know what i mean it's it's yeah it, it yeah could read pdfs and ebooks and that's about it and you have to sideload everything whereas with the with the kindle scribe you have full access to the amazon bookstore and what really what really looks Correct. good on it is ebooks because you have a 10 inch screen and you know the the paperweight so um you know, the Oasis, they, they're pretty well all seven inch screens. Yeah. So a 10 inch screen opens up like three inches plus of real estate to fit text in. And that makes it so you turn less pages. Uh, but it also makes sense for comicsology comic books, for, mon for manga, oh, yeah. for magazines and newspapers, for side-loaded content. Uh, and don't forget, the scribe has Bluetooth. So in supported countries and markets, you can pair wireless headphones and you could 
you know, log into your existing Audible account and see all your Audible purchases that you made in the past. And if you don't have an Audible account, you can register for one. And in the Kindle store, you can switch between books and audiobooks. And you could, you know, you yeah. can turn your Kindle scribe into an audiobook player so you don't have to always have your phone nearby or your tablet or whatever whatever device that you normally use to consume audiobooks. Um, the advantage on audiobooks on a Kindle, unlike your phone that might last 24 hours, if that, uh, is an e-reader. So it'll last you three to four weeks even if you listen to audiobooks on it. So it's the perfect all-in-one device to bring to the cabin or on vacation, or if you're snowed in uh, by some polar vortex and the power's out, you know, your phone's not going to last that long, um, but your Kindle certainly will. It will. It will. It's, I've actually heard of people, uh, up until recently, they've, they've kept one of those Kindle keyboards up in their cabin. And for a second, I was like, why would you put a Kindle keyboard up in your cabin? Because up until recently, you could actually use 3G anywhere in the world. You can go on Google Maps on a Kindle keyboard in in Iceland. And as long as, you know, it has a full charge, you can connect to cellular, any cellular. And it works. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, you know, that's a very good point. The scribe should have, be, should have been sold as is not with a pen and you know people say well you can get the, pri the the premium pen and the basic well yeah but you gotta get one and the note taking experience on a pocketbook touch lux is actually more robust than the scribe i'm serious like if you go to scribble on a pocketbook with your fingertip there's actually more pen choices and more you and text input there's actually more you can do there's more you can do on a sony prs 350 than the the scribe i'm not taking anything away from the scribe it's just again only amazon okay. could do this so another device that amazon released which kind of surprised me was their entry-level kindle or what they call it on our website the all-new kindle and they have the all-new kindle then yeah. they have a kids edition of the all-new kindle uh same thing with the paper right. white. They have an all. They have a kids edition of like the paper white. They also have essential bundles of the same thing where you get like a case and all this stuff. Uh -huh. But what surprised me about the the entry level Kindle this year was that it had finally done a three hundred PPI display. Prior to that, the the cheapest Kindle that you can buy had about one hundred and sixty seven. PPI and you know it's like yeah. half of that basis so it's basically half of 300 what basically the reason why this makes a huge difference is text it's um, not anti-alias and there's no fuzziness to the text like it is on lower PPI screens and they've also you know it's it's an all-new screen that they're basically using so that surprised me I could actually finally recommend the entry-level Kindle to someone wanting to get an email uh, yeah, for the same. first time. It was, it, the biggest thing about it is that if they didn't do the paperwhite in 6.8 inches first, that would have been trouble. And that's actually what, looking back, hindsight, that's probably why they made the paperwhite 6.8, so that when the Kindle Basic came out, it didn't cannibalize it because you have 300 ppi on both glow lights on both touch screens on both i mean what what's the difference you've already crossed past 
the barrier between basic and paperweight. You're in paperweight four territory already. You're you're catching up. So if the screen sizes were the same, it would be very dangerous and confusing to their lineup. But that's probably why they did that. Yeah. So what were your overall impressions on that? I thought it was great. I thought it was, it's it's really good. They 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 have uh, the ecological benefits as well because obviously Amazon never really does anything first. They always kind of sit back and watch the industry and then pull the trigger. And more often than not, they do it better. They looked at what Kobo was doing with eighty five percent recycled plastic in the Kobo Clara Two E, and after that, subsequently the Tolino this shine for and then amazon did the whole 75 percent recycled plastic in black only not blue and they actually went a step further and i think i can't remember the number but they had like 30 35 recycled components like magnesium and things like that on the inside so that was very nice is that they're kind of following suit they're shifting from plastic packaging to paper packaging and paper sleeves which is also posing a problem. And a lot of people don't talk about this, but you know, us and you guys as consumers, the Amazon, if you're buying it locally, that's fine. It's usually packaged pretty well. If you're buying Amazons through third party sellers, you have to be careful. There's nothing between your screen and the outside of the box. I'm not even, jo- it's like three sheets of paper. I'm not even joking. They don't use cardboard in the packaging, they don't use plastics or trays in the packaging. It's literally your electronic device sitting on a sheet of wax paper up against a business card thick wall. That's it. It's There's no pile. There's no padding. There's no protection. So buy the Amazon stuff locally because the packaging is becoming so ecological and so minimal that the device is hardly protected. Look at our unboxings. That thing is flush. Though even the fire tablets, man, the the screen is flush up against like it's basically like a a small piece of paper in between the glass screen and the outer world. It's quite crazy. Never seen such minimal packaging okay, in my life. Okay, so here are the, the the key selling points on the all new Kindle. Um the latest and most compact Kindle comes in an all new 3 100 PPI high resolution display. Uh, resolution display that delivers three times more pixels than the previous generation adjustable front light and dark mode it has two times the storage at 16 gigs and up to 16 uh six weeks of battery life on a single charge and it has usb-c charging so um it also comes in two colors black and an all-new color called denim so Yep. Yeah. The de- we we they actually sent us the denim one, and that was kind of cool. Um, but it only had like thirty percent recycled plastic because they had to crack open a number four blue spool of fresh resin and spool it in there with the rest of the color. But it it was it was interesting to see a color option that wasn't just black and white. It's nice to see denim. Yeah. No, I totally agree, and um, I like the denim. It, it looks really good, and yeah, I mean, this is a no-brainer that if you have never had an e-reader before, you can't do any worse. I mean, you know, the entry-level Kindle, it's known as the 11th generation Kindle. Uh, it's pretty well the best thing that you can kind of buy for the first time, I think. So, um, 
yeah, other than that, the Kindle Paperwhite, which came out in 2021, like late 2021, they increased the storage to 16 gigs. So they, when they finally, when they initially released it, they had an eight gig model, but now that they have, um, I believe a 16 gig model too. So for people that do download audiobooks or sideload um, more books or download like a lot of autobiographies that have a lot of pictures and stuff in them. So you know what I'm talking about? Like if you read an autobiography, favorite person midway through the book they have like you know 10 to 20 pages of just nice high quality pictures and but for an ebook that almost mm -hmm. double triples or quadruples or more size like the average ebook is about five megs but um an autobiographical email with a lot of pictures is like 200 megs or more so if that's the type of thing where memoirs and things is your jam probably makes sense to get the 16 gig. So let's uh, look what Kobo did. I believe that the only e-reader that they did in 2022 was the Kobo Claret, yeah. Claret 2E. I'm gonna do a quick search on our YouTube because that's a good uh, time stamping mechanism here. Claret 2E and then the Tolino subsequently after that. And dating back January, they released the power cover for the Sage. But yeah, you're right. So the only actual e-reader is the Clara 2E. So this e-reader was when they initially announced it, they were really hyping out up like on the recyclable aspects of it. So yeah. that, that was... Yeah, 85% yeah, plastic. Yeah, like magnesium-free and, and things like that. But what does that mean for, like, users? Because that's that's the most, like, exciting thing, uh, like, about it, right? Yeah, it, it just basically means that, you know, although new plastic is cheaper than recycled plastic, it's always going to be cheaper to make brand new resin based product than it is to recycle use all the manpower resources and materials to recycle the plastic to then recast it and all that it's it's just being more eco ecologically conscious that you know earth has a finite amount of stuff there's not an infinite amount of things on the planet so you know if billions of people are chipping away at a wall it's the wall's going to go away so instead of using the wall let's use all the crap on the ground and make stuff out of it. So yeah, that's basically what they did. They took a bunch of Bruce Willis and Nicolas Cage DVDs, and then they they just melted them all down and made an e-reader out of it. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Him and Bruce on. Willis do make a lot <laughs> yeah. of crappy movies. That's. <laughs> oh man, I just saw this trailer for like airwave or something it's a, this war movie with the worst cgi and bruce willis stars in it and i'm like that poor guy yeah they do a Ugh. lot of you know before we would like kind of make fun of movies that were like direct to like directed like dvd or directed vhs but now it's like yeah it's like those movies aren't even available on streaming platforms you know what i mean that i i know man when you're like Oh, it's featured on Crackle. It's like, oh, <laughs> totally. oh dang. <laughs> it's like, a, you know. Yeah, so it, it's just, it's better to have something recycled than not. I mean, you want to try not to use as much brand new plastic as possible. So that was their approach. It was a very successful approach. And to be completely honest, passively, it made Tolino look great. Because Tolino, out of Europe, is utilizing the exact same shells, although made in a different country, as Rakuten Kobo shells are. So it was very beneficial to everybody. Uh, yeah, I agree. So 
um, you know, I, it got a lot of attention like on our website. Uh, so here, here are the things that you need to know. It's rated IPX8, so it's waterproof. It's using an Encarta yeah. 1200 display. So um, it increases the overall performance versus like the original Clara. Uh, 300 PPI. Mm-hmm dual core processor, 16 gigs of storage. So you, you know, you're, you're, there is a significant upgrade from the Clara, the original Clara to the two E. So if you have a Clara, you will notice a huge difference in terms of overall performance with the two E with the new Carta upgrade. So Barnes and Noble, they did some new stuff in 2022 as well. Yep. They released two e-readers, actually. Uh, Both of them are variations of the Glowlight 4, which was released last year, 2021, fall slash winter. But they made the 4E, which was an economical version, a.k.a. very cheap. And then they followed that up with the Pink Pearl Edition, which had an all-new box, all-new body, all-new color, all-new packaging. And it was the first time Barnes and Noble had any have has ever used another color of the same unit to, to basically give you a choice of color. Yeah. So uh, the 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 you know the Glowlight Four is in pearl pink, and I actually talked to the head of Barnes and Noble who who is in charge of the entire Nook department, and I asked them why they selected pink, and they they told me that apparently they made a bunch of color combinations and evaluated them internally, and also sent them to all of their bigger bookstores all over the United States. And they were everyone sort of voted on the best color. They had like blue and dark blue and purple and pink and sort of everybody. Pink was like the the clear winner because it was just so distinctive in the market. So they went with that and they called it a limited edition. But um, it's pretty hard to find, but you can still find it easily in bookstores and in the shop like online. And so that's the you know with with that one uh the four four e was yeah. pretty well like an entry level e reader um hundred and nineteen dollars um you could find it in all of the Barnes and Noble bookstores but you could also buy it online and i I really stress that that's one of the keys to Barnes and Noble's success in the u s that unlike Kobo unlike Amazon. They have like 600 bookstores and they're, you know, almost everybody lives within distance of a Barnes and Noble store that they can go to. And so you can actually try before you buy. And if you have any problems, you can just go to the store and return it. It's small enough that you could just run to the store and drop it off and either get a refund or if there's something damaged, you can swap it over for like a new unit. So it's not. That's right. It's sort of very much akin to the previous generation entry-level Kindle where like you're not getting a 300 PPI display, you're not getting tremendous resolution or anything like that. But you know, you do get both white and amber LED lights, so you get uh, like a, a a color temperature system and white LEDs. Text actually looks really good. Uh also um you know, manga and things like that are also really good on it. Barnes and Noble makes a ton of money selling manga, so they have a ton like of it available on their website. Um, you know, they have things like Nook readouts, 
which a lot of interviews, they have like freebie Friday where you could get like one free book like a week that you can just download for free. Some are from well-known authors, some are from startup authors. So there's the Barnes & Noble bookstore actually works outside of the US. So the Nook works for people in Canada or Europe or Australia and other markets and things like that. So you just can't buy them locally, but you can buy them, say, through a reseller like Goody Reader, where we sell them for the same price as Barnes & Noble sells them for because, you know, we have. Well, we, we are. An, yeah, we're an authorized dealer of, of Barnes & Noble. We we work with them and dispatch the units and they come directly from Barnes & Noble. And actually our uh, videos that showcase the products, unboxing and materials is featured on Barnes and Noble's website. So as you're going through their website, it'll, it'll show up there. So whether you buy from us or buy from them, it's the exact same thing, but we can give you a little bit more of an international assistance when it comes to warranties. Yeah. I, I mean, that was something that was new in 2022. Like we, um, I've really made great strides to like talk with like, you know, all the, the key executives in the Nook department, you know, every couple of months just to see how things are going. And, you know, we just uh, talk the industry and stuff. They're like, you know, what should, what should, what should we do in like a future e-reader? And I kind of mentioned some of the trends that I've seen, you know, the, the types of different screen texts and uh, different types of color and things like that that are on the horizon that it's worth evaluating to see like if they eventually want to incorporate it. But, you know, we just also just like shoot the breeze and things like that. Um, I find that ever since Barnes Noble got sold to a private hedge fund, that management totally changed and they're really like willing to like work with like other partners and they're really excited to talk about the Nook. Whereas previous regimes, they all had gatekeepers where like you could never talk to the, to the executives. You had to ask like the internal PR person questions and then they would relay it to people, but it's no guarantee that they would ever like actually do, you know, talk to people, you know? So yeah, I just find that. Barnes and Noble, man, they were a nightmare yeah. in the past decade. You know what I mean? Just look back. It was, it was, it was just a show, just an absolute show. But now Man, ever since the Glowlight Plus, I'll tell you, man, they have come back from the dead. I'm, I, I, you know, I think couple, 2019, man, we were like, you know what? Are they still one of the big three? Like, they don't have anything in their lineup. They have a tablet collaboration with Lenovo. Are they really, are they here? Like, we did one video in 2019. Like, is, is Pocketbook more of a, a, a prominent presence? But no, they, they came back. Barnes & Noble <sighs> stuck to their guns. They've made a complete 180, and they're, they're, they're so killing it. In 2022, what did Pocketbook do? Oh man, uh, I don't, I don't even know offhand, dude. Pocketbook, no, no discredit to Pocketbook, but Pocketbook releases a lot of e-readers. They got all these sub brands. They got brands of their other brands. Like how many Lux devices? Okay, here it is. Uh, beginning of the year, Basic Lux, which was the $99 e-reader, and that was pretty good. That had a lot of good features on it. It had, it didn't have 300 PPI, but it did have a lot going for it for 99 bucks retail. The biggest thing, other than I think there's like the TouchLux 5, which just got lost in the shuffle. The biggest thing is the Era, if you guys have heard of it. And that is such a great e-reader. That uh, I think 
we voted that the best e-reader because it's just it's the best e-book reader of the year. It was so yeah. good. I mean, there was so no the thing with the era is that it was their first modern e-reader that had a total hardware redesign. So you put it against yeah. like any of their old flagship things like the InkPad X or, um, you know, any of their higher tier e-readers. The era was like the first of a total redesign of the pocketbook like the the page turn buttons are you know before page turn buttons on pocketbook e-readers would be at the bottom now they have slim yeah. bezels on all three corners and and the side of the bezel like where you kind of grip it is like where the home button is and where the physical page turn buttons are so it yeah. leaves the bottom nice and slim and so you know, it's using a Carta 1200 display, 300 PPI. I mean, it's like IPX8, so it's like it's waterproof, dual core processor, you know, big RAM, 64 gigs of like internal memory, um, USB-C, Bluetooth 5.1, text-to-speech, like a big battery, it's light. I mean, this is like the all-in-one e-reader. It really is. It, it was the best one. We talked about it here. We talked about it with your guys, Mike. We talked about it with the, 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 the general public on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, it, it having a flood, all, all of this without a flush screen and bezel, nice sunken screen, completely unaffected by any top layers of whatever was going on up top. No note taking like the Sage. They No glass screen like the Paperwhite. They just took a step back and they knew exactly what people wanted. This thing was rebuilt the back had lengthwise lines that looked like a like plastic cladding the sides were chiseled at the bottom perfectly rounded contrasting colors two color choices two storage choices as well just perfect and i was a little sad it didn't get as much credit as it should have as it deserved because Amazon kind of buried it a little bit with the Paperwhite 516. It's like, yeah, you know, the 16 Paperwhite was a good choice, but let's not forget what Pocketbook did. They did something just miraculous this year, and it didn't look like anything else. It wasn't just this stamped out black rubber bar like everyone else was doing. This thing looked gorgeous. And yeah, it was the best ebook reader of the year. So, so good. Pocketbook is actually doing something exciting um, in. You know, uh, it, it's believe March or early April, they're doing the Pocketbook Viva, where it's the same shell as the era, like the era but they're also, they're doing like a Gallery yeah. 3 uh, display, and it's available for pre-order on our website for $5.99, so it's a little bit expensive. Um, just to give you guys a, a big, you know, a bit, a bit of a rundown on what Gallery 3 is, it's basically, e-ink's latest generation color e-paper uh it does like a cmyk uh color scheme whereas like the you know the old color stuff which is called kaleido it just uses rgb uh it can display about four thousand colors uh gallery 3 does fifty thousand colors Although it needs a lot of work on the software optimization thing, but I think that Pocketbook may make a good attempt at this uh, technology is because they do Linux-driven e-readers. So 
Um, it's yeah. easier to like optimize Linux for new screen tech than it is to do it on Android for new screen tech because there's a lot of things with Android that need to be augmented in order to do software enhancements. But with Linux, it's a lot easier to make changes and to do com local compiles and to test things like on the fly. Android takes a lot longer. It's, you know, yeah, it just, it does. So I'm kind of really excited to see what Pocketbook will do with it. And since we're talking about color, um, there's been a lot of color devices in 2022 in terms of uh, color e-readers using um, Collider 3 and Gallery yeah. 3. Yeah, well, you know what? Mm, Release-wise, there was only five, unfortunately. Um, Concept-wise, oh, a lot happened. We Just the trade shows we went to alone, we sent our guy to um e-ink taiwan we went to the trade show in tokyo we saw the fujitsu quaderno 3 the sharp um in terms of what was going on in color yeah there was a lot going on but actually release wise big me held 60 percent of all releases of color in 2022 because the only other color was the onyx a uh, nova the rc onyx, um nova yeah. rc that's it. Yeah, there, there was we did a top five color. <laughs> we call it a top five. It was, but out of five, it was top five. So yeah, there, we did a top five color video, and uh, there were only five the whole year. Where and you contrast that with like seventeen releases in two thousand twenty-one, and you know fifteen in two thousand twenty. Um, it was uh, it, the biggest thing is that everyone's waiting for K three or Kaleido three. That was the biggest thing. And the second biggest thing, which we only realized in the uh, fall, was gallery. And that's what Mike just mentioned. Gallery is not the same as Kaleido. So we saw gallery at a trade show. And uh, we went and had a discussion and we're like, well, you know, we should release a gallery device. So we talked to our uh, partners over at Big Me. No, we're not the same company. We just collaborate with each other. And we said, well, let's let's work on some gallery, guys. You know, it might be cool. And and we did. And we released a uh, product. And it, it has our name attached. So, you know, it's both Big Me's device and our device. We have been working closely with Big Me. And it's a real thing. We've 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 done several videos. I personally did a video yesterday. I came into the office at New Year's Eve and fired off a quick vid. And it was an update of everything. And going back to what Mike said, yes, uh, I imagine it would be better to develop on Linux than Android. Because one of the hurdles we have ran into uh, with just me and the team talking to Big Me is with CMYK, cyan, magenta, yellow, and K is black, or blue, red, yellow, and black, it's hard to make green on Android. Uh, uh, we're, we're finding that very difficult. So a lot of people were saying, we want green, we want green. You actually can't add green just yet. It, it is going to happen. And we just did a video and the update showed green. It shows up. It's just never going to be as lush as the red, the oranges, the yellows, the blues, things like that. The green is harder to create than any other color for some reason. And that's the thing we're kind of working yeah. on right so now, but here, we're getting here, Here's basically how it is. Kaleido has had three generations and it's been actually in all consumer products since going to like 2000, what, 18? 
2019 with the iReader okay, C6. So, yeah. Uh, Kaleido started in 2019. Then we saw devices in 2020, 2021, and even companies doing, uh, you know, they're even using the second generation Kaleido in 2022. So there's a lot of companies. Yep, that's right. Yeah, a lot I of read, companies yep. have like, refined the, the technology is refined over the last like four years that there's a lot of documentation on it there's a lot of white papers there's a lot of uh, sdks and third-party tools to easily incorporate that into it uh e-ink themselves has like you know three or four years of documentation that they can give to people but gallery three just was announced in 2022 and we've so oh, yeah. a lot yeah. of people haven't had a lot of time to it's trial by fire. Like basically they're it's so new that exactly. Inc. themselves have told me they don't have any white papers on it yet. So how, how are companies supposed yeah. to adopt this technology on a non prototype level in order to get this in consumer hands? So basically uh, pocketbook and big me are the only two companies right now that have, like dates that they're going to be releasing things by. Now we have seen prototypes yeah. of Linfini showing off uh, the Sharp. the uh, upcoming Fujitsu Quadrino with with a oh, is yeah. it Gallery Three or Collider Three? Uh, the Fujitsu Quadrino Three is already locked in and earmarked for Kaleido okay. Three, whereas Sharp is going to be right. using so Gallery. Yeah, I believe that the Fujitsu Quadrino with Gallery Three will be the first E Note that uses Gal. Oh, uh, sorry, Collider Kale Three. Yeah, Kaleido. so yeah, we actually that have is correct. Yeah, they uh, we went we went to the booth. I will just be real quick. We went to the booth and we said so. Fujitsu's grabbing, and they're like, "Yep, Fujitsu is gonna be using Gallery 3 13.3 with color, and then 10.3 with color and glow light." And I was like, "Boom!" Yeah. So I believe that Fujitsu will be likely the first company that uses like Kaleido 3, right? Or are they? It, uh, they yeah no you're right yeah that's right i was like wait no onyx no uh no you're right fujitsu is the only one that we have any official word on who's going to be using Kaleido yeah so 3. it's basically the reason why we haven't seen a lot of i mean yank announced like Kaleido 3 like earlier on in in a while I back. Think like late 2021 but they could never ramp up mass production on it because of the covid lockdowns in china so it shut down all of e-ink's factories yeah. um so in 2021 like when when covid was at its height and china's lockdowns were at a height it was really hard to you know, most of E-Inks, all their big factories are in China itself. So they had a real challenge to produce enough color displays for companies. So they put their priority on black and white displays. So Amazon could do the new paper white yeah. that a lot of companies could release like, you know, e-readers in 2021 and that sort of went further into 2022 where there was more black and white devices than there were actually color devices yeah. because they were you know their factories had reopened and you know lockdown restrictions in most countries have been lifted so it's easier for um the comp the manufacturers to make like the the displays 
and then actually get them in a trucks going to the airport and the airports can, you know, their flights aren't delayed anymore. So they could like, you know, put them out to like Taiwan or wherever they're going to do the final assembling for the e-readers. So the e-readers are much like the iPhone where it's like, you know, uh, Boxcon does the final assembly, but all of the internal components come from different companies, like either in China or Taiwan. So everything is like manufactured, all the little, you know, the RAMs made by somebody, the screens are like Samsung or, you know, other types of companies. So they have to assemble all the components and then send it to the actual factory that does all like the, you know, assembling of the components and glue it all down and things like that. So uh, making an e-reader is the the similar thing. It's you know, it's one company that buys the RAM from this company, Bluetooth chip from this company, uh, you know, SD or uh, internal hard drive from another company. So, you know, when there's like, you know, a lot of companies that were, you know, COVID restrictions, because a lot of it's in China, it was really hard to do all that for e-readers. So that's why we didn't really see any Kaleido 3 devices in 2021 or 2022 it's pretty well going to be 2023 once business is back to normal so with gallery three this is like the tech that we've seen products in our hands of with uh the big me a galley which uh just you we have it we have it in the office yeah it floats around we're doing testing on it and we do color sample sheets we do color wheels we do the 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 sheets with color codes you know like a plus aa5 is magenta yeah. etc there yeah we do the whole we do the whole nine we're currently developing it testing it and showcasing it live along the way with all you guys we just did another update video got 4300 views it's on there right now on goody uh, on goody readers youtube you can go over to it and you see the progress we've made we've limited uh, limited ghosting we're making it so that the black and white version is really quick and strips away a hundred percent of the color whereas hd is good for like it's really slow and we feel everyone's going to be slow onyx is going to be slow uh pocketbook's going to be slow sharp's going to be slow because it's full-blown color it's not meant to move and then normal mode is a mix of both and we've just showed web browsing and 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 carousels in normal mode so we're currently yeah it's it's currently being worked on right now by people like Big Me, people like us, people like Pocketbook. We're doing All it right, as we so speak. so Peter's used like lots of euthanisms here, like modes and things like that. So most e-notes yeah, yeah. have various speed modes that will increase the performance of the device while uh, suffer, you know, doing a little bit of degradation image quality. So Big Me has like, I yeah. think three or four different modes, you know, some of it, some of it's ideal for yeah. reading books. Some of it is to increase the performance of apps. Uh, some of it is like ideal for color. So that's what he means by modes. And so, yeah, I mean, one, one of the advantages of are we've had uh, two partnerships with Big Me so far, one for a Kaleido Plus yeah. e-note and now one for a Gallery 3 uh, e-note. One of the advantages of, is, is of that, of Big Me being the only commercial product that actually has a Gallery 3 device uh, in prototypes because we have a, a, a relationship with them now and we do co-brands with them with specific devices that meet like our, you know, um, uh, so Big Me is a, c- a company that like has met our expectations. They 
Um, how, they've been in business yeah. for like 10 plus years. They have an extensive track record in the e-reader and e-note space. You know, they're not just like a startup or a fly-by-night company. Like they've been in business for a long time. So this is like why we like the partnership with like, you know, existing companies because they actually have a track record and demonstrated sales. But what excited us about this was Gallery 3, that it was so new that Big Me was the only company, that, you know, that had something in the pipeline as of like the summertime. And so we could sort of document how Gallery 3 on a software level could be improved over time. So we've done three or four videos at youtube.com slash goodyreader, yeah. and you could just uh, type in Gally, uh, G-A-L-Y, and get a sense of um, the iterations of how software could really improve um, a lot of the aspects about Gallery 3. Because Gallery 3 is based on advanced color e-paper, which is like about five or six years old now. It was originally... 50,000 colors devoted towards digital signage. So it was meant for uh, restaurants that had their menu on it. Um, something like McDonald's, how they have the LCD screens there. Uh, it was meant to be for static menus, sandwich boards, uh, for airplane, um, you know, bus schedules yeah. and things like that. Things that didn't require a lot of refreshing because... Advanced color e-paper, one of the things with the refresh rate is that it took 5 to 10 to 15 seconds for the image to change. <laughs> and yeah. so that that was the challenge on how do you lower the refresh rate on advanced color e-paper to apply it towards e-readers and e-notes and e-paper displays, you know, for, for consumer electronics. So e-ink basically spent four years trying to make it work and they finally did. So now it's up to vendors to, on a software level to improve it. So going, looking forward into 2023, uh, Big Me, Onyx Books, iFlyTech, iReader, Pocketbook, Readmo and advanced, uh, you know, they're known as AOC. I don't know what they're short for, but they're like a Taiwanese company. I've never heard of them. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of companies that are doing Gallery 3 devices sometime in 2023. So looking a little bit further outside of 2022, this is what's going to be. So, you know, given that there was like about 100 devices in 2022, and we, crazy? we've kind of talked about... Pocketbook, Big Me, uh, and the big three. Yeah. You know, without this show yeah. turning into like a 10 hour show where we talk about every single device, let's talk about the most notable yeah. ones that uh, excited you as, as a, a reviewer for our YouTube channel. Man, I gotta go with the LilyGo uh, GPS antenna. Uh, no, that was that was a funny one, but uh, no, man. Um, yeah, out of the hundred and one odd devices released, we covered about fifty five individual products this year. Can't go over all of them. Absolutely impossible. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would like to say, on a real quick note, um. Are you are, are you asking me the number one or yeah? Just some, some of the, the mentioned like, like, like say like turns. the Onyx Book Leaf two. Okay, well I'll say a little bit of a lesser known one, but still a known one. I think one that didn't shock me but impressed me was the Xiaomi Ink Palm Plus. 
literally in the past, I don't know, 19 months, the only device to truly be a small ebook reader other than the high reader, which came out after that by Hisense and the 10 cent WeChat phone, which doesn't count. Xiaomi was the only guys doing it. This little palm sized chocolate bar sized uh, ebook reader that is now in English. The Ink Palm Plus, yeah, and uh, which is now in English actually, and the the original Ink Palm wasn't. I thought it was really cool. They did this nice kind of like uh, peach persimmon backdrop color at the at the rear. It had a glass screen. It was kind of silly, but it was kind of cool. The volume buttons acted as page turns. It had this nice mirror finish on the side. It had tons of character, and. You know, it didn't move mountains, but sales figures were actually a little bit impressive because those things were like, everyone's like, oh, I'm looking for a small e-reader since what, 2014 when the Kobo Mini went out? I thought it was something yeah, really cool like, that just kind of two hundred like, bucks wow. too. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It's by like a, a semi, you know, known brand, a reputable company that makes everything from washing machines in China to headphones on Amazon. So I thought that was really cool. Personally, it wasn't my number one of the year, but like something that's a standout basically outside of the big three would be the Xiaomi Ink Palm Plus. Um, that was interesting. Yeah, so let, let's uh, – I'll kind of run down uh, the top ones that I wrote uh, for the year that we haven't yeah. talked about. Uh, the Onyx Book Leaf yeah. 2, it's a rel relatively oh, new product crazy. in the in the in the past couple months yeah uh it has physical page yeah. turn buttons built right into the unit um it has like a gyroscope so you could switch the the ui so it'll be on the left hand side for left-handed readers so it, it basically is a g mm -hmm. sensor for that uh 300 ppi display full google play access and the most interesting thing was that it was the only device in the history of ebook readers that had released one single device in two body constructions. Not color constructions, body constructions. You could buy a white sunken screen and bezel or a black for the same amount of money. For the same amount of money. Yeah. Same amount of money. So it's yep. 199. And, and uh, they're they're two yeah. And they're two not completely different experiences, but are fairly different when you look at them side by side. It was enough for us to, it was warranted enough for us to do a video. We're like, you know what? We can't say they're the same. This one's kind of blurry. This one's kind of shaded. This one's kind of bright. It, it, it was noticeably different to even the layman to look at the screens and be like, wait a minute. I have actually a choice I have to make here. So you had mentioned this, but we haven't talked about it. And this was one yeah. of the, the really good ones of 2022, the Hisense High Reader. Yeah. Oh, geez, what a great unit. So, wow. Built out of a block of Damascus yeah, aluminum or it's what? It's basically yes, steel, the same yeah. size of, as a smartphone. But it's it's a dedicated yeah. like e-reader, so it's like a six point seven inch device, eighty four percent screen to body ratio. It has like thirty six levels of dimming, and it has like uh, octa core processor, four gigs of RAM, sixty four gigs of internal storage, um, a huge battery. So it, it it's basically it looks like a phone, 
but it's with an e-ink like display so you'll get like tremendous battery life it's basically like a right. phone sized e-reader that could fit in your pocket and you know you can't really put the kindle in your pocket and and go out you have to put it like no. in a bag or something but with the high reader it fits in any pocket like you have a dress it fits in it if you jeans it fits like it fits just like the your smartphone in your in your pants so yeah that's the one reason yeah. why i really liked it i thought that was a very good release and you know what so did hisense they just announced the hisense high reader pro comes in this nice like velvet red box and stuff i don't know too much about it but uh, they sent an email to us and they said, do you want a sample? And we're like, yesterday, please. So they're, they're dispatching a sample right. to us, which is really yeah, nice. But come, man, I think reader, it's man. like yeah. it's it has a 128 gigs instead of 64. It it has more RAM. It has like, um, yeah, it's basically more of everything that you would really need it for. Yeah. And instead of a 6.7 inch screen, it has a 6.1 inch screen. So it's even more portable in your pocket. So it's thinner, lighter, and more powerful than the high reader. So if you don't need like a Kindle Paperwhite size screen, you could have a smaller screen in your pocket. So it's even like a mini e-reader. So this is the perfect type of device like the, the high reader pro or the high reader in general that you can read mm -hmm. at a doctor's appointment at the bus stop on public transit because it's like it's relatively the same size height the height like uh, of the Kindle but it's a smaller screen so the width isn't as wide as like a traditional e-reader so yeah. it's, that's why it's like like it's like a candy bar design so it's similar to a phone <coughs> And if you guys are questioning, you know, Hisense, Hisense makes a lot of stuff. They make like refrigerators, TVs. I think they make couches. They make a lot of stuff that they are the only player in the cell phone game with e-ink screens. They've made 12 yeah. phones. Other manufacturers have tried one, two, even three generations. WeChat, Tencent. One of the largest investors in video, one of the largest video game companies in the world, the largest video game company in the world, Tencent, they they tried their crack at e-ink phones. Uh, Lightphone tried, uh, Dark Moon, uh, countless AliExpress specials. No one can Onyx touch Hisense. Onyx has been trying to do it for Everyone years. Everyone has come and gone. Two releases by Onyx, not yeah. even close. And uh, massive corporations like Docomo making simplistic like credit card sized phones can't do it. Hisense has the market monopolized oligopolized cornered whatever you want to call it they're they're kings of it and they're making some good stuff and high sense refresh is ridiculous a lot of it has to do with the smaller screen it's easier to refresh but holy moly great products by high sense yeah good yeah pick. High so reader. high reader is pretty well like the the xiaomi ink Inkpalm Plus, they're mostly available yeah. in China, but you can get them through our Goodie Reader store, or you know, the, I don't, I don't even know if you can buy them through anywhere else. So it's like, you know, I, I don't um, think so, man. The no. High Reader is like three ninety nine, so it's like pretty cheap, in, you know, in terms of like a, a bang for your buck. I mean, it'll last you like five to yeah. ten years uh, on it. I mean, it's it's. It's a gateway device, so you can install whatever ebook store that you want on it. Yep. It doesn't have Google Play. Uh, it's the one 
con against this and, and the Xiaomi and Palm. A lot of the, the made in China devices, they don't really have access to the Google Play Store because of just Google Correct. blacklisting China from being able to like use it. So that's the big, it's the big like thing there. But you could silo in alternative app stores like the Amazon App Store, Samsung Galaxy App Store, and then you could just download apps, but more importantly, keep them up to date. And that's the, you know, we know when you, when you silo right. apps, it's fine to silo them for a one and done, but you know, apps require updates. And sometimes after a few update cycles, you can't even use the app anymore unless you update it. Then you have to download from the internet, re-silo on your phone. It's just like, it's a whole rigmarole, right? That's why like, you know, with Onyx it devices is. in general, they've released a lot of e-notes in 2022, um, color devices. So they, you know, they, they've refreshed almost their entire product line in 2022. Um, like the note, uh, yeah, it's just, they, they released like four or five new, new devices and, uh, they have another new device yeah. plan, like the, the tab X, which is like a modern, you know, if you, we, we, we reviewed the tab ultra in 2022 it's like their first e-paper tablet and it's just as fast as a normal tablet but with an e-paper display so they're doing they did a 10 inch version of that but they're actually doing a 13 inch version of that with their new rapid ra rapid Mental. technology so there's you yeah know, there's a lot of 10 inch 7.8 and 6 inch e-notes on the market digital note-taking devices but there's very few 13.3s on the market there's what i can count them on one finger like you know one hand you know how many are available it's like the no no you're, you're right you can count yeah. them on one finger <laughs> I mean, dude the, the the x6 was the only one released by big in big for 13.3s big me released the only 13.3 yep, of the entire totally. year uh, Dasung kind of did, but it was an, uh, it was a, across the board failure, absolute failure. They were using 2015 technology with, they, they, they changed the backing from the second gen, but they didn't let you use the second gen pen. They're using the first gen Sony. From yeah. They're basically 14, white 15. labeling the, like it one of terrible. the first Sony digital papers from like 2015 and yeah. repackaging is like a, t a latest generation device and they were really mad at us about it, it like the review awful. that we did because like i was just like this is the worst e-reader this is a, this is almost like it's the so worst bad. e note ever released and you know we're even though they would they we get these devices for free that the vendors send us i mean we're if we think it sucks like i'm gonna say it sucks in a title so people could I, I messaged them on WeChat uh, and I messaged the, the, the heads of Dasong and they're like, uh, oh, don't you think that was, uh, you know, what do you think of the device? And I was like, uh, I, I asked you guys about it. It was awful. I mean, it was, it was absolutely, what are, you, what are you doing releasing something like that? Like Dasong is a fantastic company with a ton of good products. And I'll throw you an olive branch and say the not e-reader line was a risk, but it paid off. But this this whole thing about using a eight year old shell with no software enhancement, you turn it on, it's just a blank screen, ninety percent blank with a row of apps up top. What are you doing? That's not your. That's that was wrong. <laughs> Sorry, but it was. So we mentioned the stuff that we liked. 
we we know we talked about yeah. products that people would know of as well as pro new products that yeah. they might not know of what's the stuff that you hated in 2022 like aside from like the das sung uh 13.3 yeah. what stuff sucked uh, i wouldn't say i hated i mean it hates a strong word but, so what uh, sucked what, i know what sucked uh was this alteric note that was really cool on paper and we it was a 13.3 gen 2 you could use a wacom pen it was really cool we went to see them on the trade show they said we couldn't film anything they made a big stink and uh they they complained after the fact uh we found out that it's not sold to consumers private public or companies so who is it so for? i was like so it just yeah i said that so it's just it's just here and can we film it? Oh, mm. and I'm like, okay, so why are you here and why is it what it is? And no one could have an answer. So I'm like, all right. So that, that I would say sucked. It, it was, it was a dumb concept and a complete waste of time and money for the industry. I would say that was, that was the biggest thing that sucked. And uh, I have one more that sucks, but it's kind of funny. And I, we even joke about it with the CEO of the company. Why Ben? <laughs> <laughs> that Wyvern thing that used an MS DOS operating system on an e-reader is a four-inch piece of garbage, and it, you click a button and like dogs start barking down the block. It's so loud. What a joke of an e-reader, but so much of a joke that it's like The Room, that movie The Room. It's so bad that it ends up kind of being good. And they followed it up with a pretty decent six-inch release with physical buttons. So it was kind of funny. But yeah, I would say those two definitely sucked out of the I thought the that, that the pocketbook basic Lux 3 sucked. Yeah. It's like it, did, it doesn't yeah. have it. I mean, price it doesn't have good, a touchscreen uh, or note-taking. It basically... Yeah. Has a D-pad and manual page turn buttons, so it's like a twenty. Anytime you have to. Yeah, I mean, for twenty twenty two, for an e-reader not to have a touchscreen, it's ridiculous. And like, how much was it even? How much was it even sold for? Yeah, I mean, that's about the about as much money as you pay for a Kindle Basic, which has the Amazon ecosystem. You know, three hundred PPI to screen. But uh, yeah, that I, I didn't like that device. And I mean, and I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a fan of Pocketbook point. as a company. Like they do, they do some cool stuff. I mean, they take risks, and I, I like companies that take risks. And like the, you know, oh dude, every company sucks. You gotta have a suck. Look at Kobo. We love Kobo. You talk to the CEO on your phone, but the Nia objectively yeah. sucked. <laughs> What do you want to say? Oh, okay, sorry. It's good. It's the best thing ever. No, it was awful. Yeah, it was reprehensible. It was like yeah. probably the worst modern e-reader that like they had ever made. And like Pretty bad. Um, a lot Pretty of these bad, devices man. were introduced in 2021, but they didn't start shipping until 2022. Um, the Stone yeah. R1 and what was the other one? The other DS oh. slurry. The... The the freaking top joy man the we would the we would thieves. yeah so this company ran crowdfunding campaigns on Indiegogo Kickstarter Bandcamp and like multiple other ones I think for each one raised like oh, about yeah. five to seven million dollars and uh, co collectively <clears throat> yeah they raised about 
six million across all three releases across yeah, all so platforms. Yeah, so Top Giant yeah. and Stone are basically like the same <laughs> company, um, and they just have yep. like different brands for it, which is like why the user interface and like all the software is the same for both devices. So yeah, yep. I mean, collectively they've raised millions and millions, but they haven't actually started shipping anything. They have. Uh, for about a full year after their crowdfunding campaigns. And uh, people are starting to get them now. Um, and their reviews are scathing. It's like, you know, it's slow. It's all washed out. Garbage. And it's like DS Slurry is, is basically an alternative to e-ink, e-paper. It, it's, all, it's all new, yeah. like, um, e-paper technology. And it was only really announced like in 2020. And then uh, it captured our attention in early 2021 when there was like a single story about yeah. it. And then I ended up like tracking down the company and like talking to like their CEOs. They sent me like a white paper on what the technology was all about. But it was all just, it was basically converted Chinese to English. So a lot of like the, the youth, the youth, all the, oh yeah, my the God, youth, I read that. euphemisms and like the, you know, the way that they use adjectives and like nouns and adverbs, like, you know, in English, that's how we talk about like the tree fell. I chopped down the tree, you know, it, it describes two different yeah. ways that a tree would fall down. But in Chinese, uh, they have like six or seven different ways that they would describe that. And when you convert it to English, it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. It's like a tree fell into woods. I chopped it down. You know, it's like, it, but you, you sent us that white paper, man. We read it and it was like the technology of DES. Is that the way it is? <laughs> yeah, and I was totally. Like, yeah. Go, go on. And they're like, it utilizes technology to undergo processing. And I'm like, the hell are you talking about? Like, you, what? You, you said so much and at the, at the same time, at the exact yeah. same time. You know, it, it went so far that uh, we actually tracked down the guys who made the tech called Weifeng in China, and we we talked to them, and we're like, so what's what's going on with DES? And you know, over the over the years, we we learned about it. It's a real thing. You can buy DES anytime. It's just that nobody's using it. Except That's the right. Group. Yeah. That's the so only it's like, thing. Yeah. If you want to evaluate the tech, you can actually buy the screens. It's just like for for sure. plastic logic. You know, they have e ink invested in them to save the company because like no one was buying their tech. I mean, you can buy evaluation plastic logic tech. You can't buy you can't buy evaluation sure. clearing screens anymore because ever since they were sold to like a Chinese firm, uh, they've been pretty well in ghost mode. They haven't like really announced anything, but you know, with, yeah. with, you know, and they're an alternative to e ink, just like plastic logic is. So you can buy evaluation screens of like the sort of fringe tech that is hasn't really caught on yet, but you know you could buy like. Not only the screens, but you can actually buy the controllers that go with the screens. So you could uh, sideload in yeah. an OS, or you know they'll give you the they'll sell you the logic board that comes with it. So you could you know create your own shell and create your own prototype and you know 
connect it up to like a Raspberry Pi or like to your computer and do like compiles and different programming languages and stuff like that. So if you're interested in evaluating it to see like, you know, could this make sense for us to release locally to market it to businesses like or for hospitals or for meeting room spaces yeah. or something like that? Some sort of like niche fringe thing. I don't know if DES or Plastic Logic or Clearing is designed for the purpose of mainstream consumer electronics. It's. I will tell you that the no. DES isn't. Uh, I, dude, I've I've done testing. I have the Top Joy here. I have the Reink Stone. We've gone through it all. We've done teardowns of these things. I just don't think it was ever meant to be on anything north of like price tags in a store, because it just doesn't work. You can say it works all day long, but it doesn't. It doesn't do what it says it does. Ever freaking dently by the world who's released, who's purchased and finally 10% of whom are receiving their units have spoken. It doesn't yeah, work. Uni uniform, uh, it, the device itself like, is, is falling apart. Everybody hated it. Nobody has anything nice to say about uh, either the Top Joy or the Ring Stone. I, I haven't no. actually seen it. And I belong to their Facebook groups. I belong to like their uh, Reddit groups like, you know, that they started. And, you know, this is where people bitched about, you know, investing in the crowdfunding campaigns and not having any shipping. So, yeah. you know, I've written stories on it. So, you know, when I write stories, it's like I do a lot of research. So when people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, it's like I, yeah, I, I either talk yeah, to the do. executives working at the company and I get infer like yeah. inferences like from them where they're like, yeah, I can't publicly like t talk about them. So I'll ask it in a roundabout way and find kind of find out where they're leaning that way. And then I'll like go to their Reddit right. groups or I'll go to their Facebook pages and see what like users are actually saying about like the products or the screen tech and stuff like that. So, um, right. yeah, so this is, you know, we've kind of given you an overview of the biggest movers and shakers of 2022 to give you um, our, our perspective on the things that we liked, the things that we didn't like. Obviously, we can't talk about every single new device uh, that's come to the market because it's Impossible. just it'll take too long and nobody will. Nobody really cares. I mean, you could see all, you know, the yeah. things that really interested us are the things that we do reviews on the website. So if you go to like goodyreader.com, if you're listening to this uh, podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Tune in radio or through many of your other podcast providers. You can go to goodyreader.com and on like the main navigation bar, it'll say reviews. If you kind of click on that, it kind of runs down the stuff that excited us that we've reviewed ourselves, um, like our editorial team. So we do almost all of the reviews on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash goodyreaders. So yeah. For the things that don't have written reviews, we actually have either all-in-one unboxing and reviews like in one video, or we have unboxings and uh, dedicated review videos there. So you can kind of either write about the stuff that I think that's the most compelling things on the market on our website, 
but our YouTube channel really covers every single new device that we get. And there's, you know, in 2022, there was like about 100 and we reviewed about 80 of them. Just because like some of them were like yeah. Taiwanese only, like Moo Inc. won't give us any free samples and we're not going to buy it because it might, the video will might make like $5 at the most. You know what I mean? And like, you know, the, and we, we don't buy samples anymore. That's just a, we, we get too much stuff that we can't overlap that with buying samples. We haven't bought samples since yeah. 2019. We just, we can't do it because we get, we, we get a, like a package a day of at least something. Here, have these new cases, have this new book scanner, have this new camping generator. And we're like, what are you guys saying? Have this new solar panel, have these like five Lapau Odake monitors. And we're just like, all right, we'll just throw it in the pile and, you know, let's do a, uh, we do like monthly giveaways to like charity. We, we, we send stuff to schools. We do constant contests. We even double down on our contests and we've made a whole segment out of it. We're poking fun at the junk we get. Santec sent us something. I haven't even heard of those guys. It's like a door card for like when you're having meetings. We just did an episode of unboxing e-paper. We got way too much stuff to buy samples. Yeah, There's I mean, no way. I can count probably on two hands the number of devices that came out in 2022, but the company has refused to send us devices. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Bokeen, uh, they don't, they, I mean, they're basically, in 2022, Bo, so I, one of the reasons why I guess Bokeen hasn't sent us any devices for the last couple of years is the company is going bankrupt. And yeah, so it's uh, like they bought too many devices from their various manufacturers and they are sitting on a ton of inventory that they can't sell or even sell at discounts. And so they're basically going bankrupt and they don't have like enough money to operate anymore. So it my booking might get broken up completely or part of the company might go to creditors and the creditors might keep it afloat. But generally I think that they just want to get their money back uh, any way that they can and liquidate almost like everything that the booking has from desks in their office to chairs to, you know, selling their e-readers at like an 80% like loss, you know? So yeah, they're a sad story with them, but it would, it makes sense. Cause like they're a fringe player that only sold their devices in France and, you know, to sell in France was pretty cheap shipping. If you wanted to buy any Bokini reader outside of France, they charge, it was, if you, you bought like Good an luck. 80, so for an $80 e-reader, they would charge $175 in shipping to Canada or the US or to the UK. Yep. So it's basically three, you know, two times the amount of the device they would charge in shipping. So, I mean... And that's online. So it's like they probably had no idea that shipping was that out of whack. And that's probably led to the one of the reasons why it's like, why aren't we selling a lot of e-readers online? And it's like they couldn't even just do the bare minimum investigation to see like, okay, if I'm a user like, yeah. one in Spain, <laughs> right next to France, how much is shipping? Wow. This is like out of whack. We should probably fix this. You know, it's like they're just a small company that like just, you know, it's two co-founders and probably a few freelance staff and that's it. But instead of doing any research on Google, they just said, eh, let's just print a million units. Why not? What, what yeah. could go wrong? <laughs> I mean, we don't know, but we know yeah. that like the Bokeen Notilla was probably one of the things that contributed to their downfall. Because up until 
all the the Nokia, up until then yeah, yeah. all of their devices were like handheld e-readers and then they released the Nokia yeah. as their first e-note attempt like like the scribe or the what the ellipsa was to kobo you know or the remarkable yeah. was you know they're, they're i think volkine was like let's do a local competitor to like the remarkable or to you know all these other e-notes that are doing it because it's like supposedly e-notes are popular but you know it's I saw the UI. I saw videos, the reviews that people have done, and it looked like garbage. So it's funny because they had Bigme yeah. build it for them. <laughs> it was like straight up. So uh, more more manufacturing money went to Bigme, which uh, just benefited them. It, it is sad to see some of the players that we personally worked with. I remember meeting those guys at meetings, uh, Bokeen, and they showed us their new units, and they. Up until kind of recently, a year and a half ago, they sent us a, a sample of their one Diva of their last and their units, the Diva yeah. and the Diva HD. I think th I think that we was still got them. I yeah, think that was like the last new stuff that they had released, except for the Nutia. That's it. Uh, had some good styling. It looked like a book, you know. Look, kind of had that D shape of a book where the left side is flatly binded, and uh, had a good idea, but they just couldn't keep up. And you know what? That's not. That's that's okay. At the top end of this video, we mentioned, you know, a hundred devices <coughs> came out. Uh, the the list is so long. I, I printed it in front of me in a two-column piece of paper, and it filled both columns in font like ten. There are so many that we've even had. Like I said, we do these donation boxes because we get so much crap that we can't review it. We can't we can't even give it away on a contest. So we're just like, you know what? No one wants like the the Guangzhou Shenzhen 300 and it's it, and we can't even fit it in for a day of filming and get the guys to do a an unboxing e-paper episode because we just can't fit it into the docket so we just do you know educational institutions and we say hey do you want a box of stuff can you guys use it we don't throw anything away we know nothing goes to waste here so uh, if something interesting comes across the desk like that color Chinese translator with like a shark on it we do a little fun episode but no man so much stuff comes across the cutting room floor that we're just like we, we yeah fit I mean it in. so what we could really say as we wrap up this edition of the goody reader radio show that the e-reader and e-reader the e-reader and e-known industry are healthy yeah it's like yeah it's it's Very. there's no decline happening and I mean I think that that really speaks volume of like how the next few years will go that some of the smaller, more regional players will might go out of business because it's really hard to compete against more entrenched competition. And, you know, like mm -hmm. Onyx releasing three or four new devices a year, Kobo doing a few, Amazon doing a few, uh, Barnes and Noble now doing a few. So all the big players in the past maybe waited two or three years before each iteration. Some companies did a little bit more like yeah. Kobo generally did at least one or two a year, but you know, they kind of sold five or six different devices at a time. But now what we see is like these big companies release multiples um, instead of singular. So there's more choice. There's, there's more things keeping them in the news cycle now. And that's the most important thing is when you're doing uh, say e-reader reviews in Google News or for a, a Google search or God forbid you use yeah. Bing or ask Jeeves or something like that. 
you know, you'll see the most recent stuff that's like coming out, whether it's a tablet that you like, a fire tablet or a new iPad, or, you know, if you're buying a new computer, there's things that are topical in the news cycle that you'll see and they'll be at the top. So for the e-reader industry, this is what we specialize in. And e-ink just happens to be the biggest e-paper um, provider in the world that's been making the technology since like, I think they've been working on since like 92. Um, just yeah, a I mean, long it was just time. MI, it was two MIT time. students that like invented it like way back when and then, you know, eventually they sold it to like e-ink and they just sat on the tech for like five or six years trying to figure out a way to make it work. And, you know, it's we started to slowly see like the e-reader revolution and it started off small and every single year things got a little bit more refined. New players entered the field. Some of them stuck around for a couple of years. Some of them just slowly faded away. But what we see now is that ever since like 2019 we've really seen a resurgence in handheld consumer electronics for ebook readers and digital note-taking devices some come and everything in between man i mean i didn't we didn't even talk about how many watches came out this year uh how many you know sub phones came out this year how many note-taking tabletop pads it, there's just so yeah. much stuff how many test kits we've received how many uh, like color little price tag car. Look at our unboxing e-paper. Look at our unboxings. Look at our tech channel. We have a lot of like weird stuff on our tech channel too. Someone sent us a watch a washing machine. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the, the industry has not peaked. It has not slowed down. It is increasing exponentially. Just evidently, the amount of play. Lenovo released something. I mean, come on, that speaks Huawei, Xiaomi. All of these guys, massive, huge companies say, I want in on e-ink. Uh, Scribe came out with a Wacom screen. You know, everyone yeah, wants so a piece. Everyone I wants a piece I think that go, like, not looking too forward in the future, but looking in 2023, yeah. I really probably will say this again in 2023, that this is the year that the most e-readers and e-notes have been released and you know i said the same thing in 2021 it was the case then more got released in 2022 even yeah. with the lockdowns now 2023 almost like covid now and everything is behind us you know in terms of the manufacturing process all of it's just humming along perfectly now so we'll likely we'll likely That's see right. 150 200 different e-readers and e-notes that come out Wouldn't yeah that'd be crazy I mean, <laughs> That'd be crazy. every every company that we've heard of, as well as companies that are startups, as well as smaller regional players that will continue to release new products. So, I mean, it's going to be a, a huge year for 2023, not only for e-readers, but new screen tech, Kaleido 3, Gallery 3. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of, new, you know. It's going to be the normal releases that companies do for black and white displays but they're going to be doubling up the number of releases that they do to incorporate new color technology for those devices. So we didn't even talk about high read out of Taiwan. I won't do it. I'm just saying, you know, Google it, look it up on our YouTube, but high read has released uh, a color e-reader this year and was one of the only out of, out of hundred devices. One of the only guys that released color high read did it. So 
yeah, it's just little things like that that you can just dig deeper and deeper and deeper, and there's no end. We didn't we didn't talk about a bunch of people, but you know, not leaving anyone out. But unfortunately, that's uh, that's all the time we had. But uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be huge. I, I I don't disagree with you. It's gonna be the next year's just gonna be bigger, and you know, and then next year after that, and next year after that, it's just gonna get smoother and better and better looking. Look at the leaps and bounds and color dense uh, pixel density. We've reached 10 inches with 300 ppi. You know, we got color coming out of the left, right, and center. We got spectra that's already decreased their refresh by half and looks like real paint. It's yep. just insane. So thanks for everyone that uh, listened to our show to the very end. And we definitely appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us on New Year's. Very and much so. Happy New Year's to everybody. And uh, New Year's, New Year's, or hopefully at least same use, uh, use guys. So this is um, Michael. Everybody take care. And this care. is Peter.